Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Rick. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's doing great. I, first of all, want to encourage you if you have a statement to make, a question to ask, uh, participate, use the chat, uh, get involved. If you like what you are receiving and hearing, click the like button. Uh, if you haven't followed and subscribed already, do that. Uh, but whatever you do, if, you, if you're in a place where you can take notes or you can record this thing, uh, do so. Because I want you to start moving beyond the initial experience and the moment of what you're engaging in life. And especially when it happens to be something that I'm giving you. And I want you to start putting things into practice. I want you to start putting things into practice. I want you to start taking step by steps. You may not be able to take everything because once I get going, I can get going. But take a moment and take one thing, one thing. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to start doing that thing today. I'm going to start doing that thing right now and take it and start applying it to your life and start looking at the changes it creates because what I'm giving you, it works. It's not uh, something that is exclusive to a particular group of people. It works. You are designed to create change in your life. You're designed to adapt and grow. You're designed to become. God designed you. The grand design of the universe designed you to become. It you were never designed to be stagnant. You were never designed to be caught in a moment that you could not, a moment, a place, an environment, a reality that you cannot escape. But it does require you to be able to do certain things that we know work. And we're in a place now where we can understand the dynamic of faith in more than just, I believe. It's not simply a belief in the, the brother of Jesus James told us that if it doesn't, if it's not accompanied by work, then it's not real faith. It, it, it has no value, it has no use. It's just a belief. Faith is the substance of, of, of the things we hope for and it's the evidence of things we cannot see, but it's also the catalyst that drives behavior that produces the things we say we have faith in. There's, that, there's a dynamic at place. And so I want you to start adding these things to your life. So again, uh, do that. So today is Thankful Thursday. So we're going to talk here. And before I get started, there are three different ways that you can work with me in the coming weeks, coming months, and even coming year in the description box. If you want change in your life, if you want a guided, specified change and growth and elevation in your life. There are three different ways you can work with me. Look in the description box, decide what you want to do. And I look forward to working with you there in the description box, three different ways over the next few weeks or the next couple of months or even the next year, but it's up to you. Look, here's this thing. This is thankful Thursday. And a lot of people sit up and say, well, what about this? I know you say we're supposed to start today, start every day with gratitude. And I tell everybody, I start every day like this. I wake up and I say, thank you. Then I say, I am grateful for this moment. I am grateful for this moment. So I say, thank you before I give any thought to anything else. I'm not consulting 
what happened yesterday. I'm not consulting the things that are going on in my life that I may not be okay with or happy about. I'm not consulting anything in my past, and I'm not looking into the future where there may be a, a, a uncertainty and things that may get me uh, riled up and anxious. I'm sitting up and saying, what? Thank you which immediately triggers my mind and my brain to start processing everything that I have to be grateful for. And when you train yourself to journal and to speak the things you have to be grateful for when you're not in a state of stress, if you've programmed it into your mind, your mind will recall it. It'll start reminding you and it will solicit the emotional experience associated with those reasons for be great, being grateful. The reason I always say I thank you. I am grateful for this moment is because when I'm in the moment, I'm not consulting my past and the limitations that come with it because my past can only give me what it has. Now, there's some good stuff in my past, but that's some bad stuff. And what I need may not be in my past. And I don't want to get caught up in the future, even though I need to plan for it. But why? Because the flu the future can present an image of uncertainty and uncertainty creates anxiety. When we don't know what's about to happen, we get anxious. We need to know. And if you haven't been able to sit down and be able to uh, lay out your vision. You, now, the thing is, you lay out your vision, you know what's going to happen, but you don't know exactly how it's going to happen because you can't predict what other people will do. What you predict is I'm going to respond to it in a way that advances me. And that's the beauty of it. But what you can do is when you're in the moment, you are now in the one place where you can impact your life. You can't impact your life from the past. You can't go out into the future. What you can do is you can set the future, but you can't impact it here. So what do you do? You sit up and you say, I am grateful. And you put it in the moment. Here's one of the biggest challenges and one of the biggest problems I see with people when it comes to gratitude. We have been conditioned to align our mindset or our experiences of gratitude with circumstances and situations. So we sit around waiting for a reason to be grateful. We're waiting for a particular situation, a particular circumstance, a particular thing that we can sit up and say, I'm grateful for that. And we get that experience. We get that dopamine rush. We get we get all those things that make us feel a certain type of way. And we associate those type of experiences with the reason. And so we sit around waiting for some qualified moment to feel grateful. And the truth of the matter is the grateful, the, your, your gratitude should be in the idea of what's possible in your life. At this very moment, you have the ability in what you focus on, whatever you focus on, you're going to feel. You have the ability to step into a moment and say, this is what I'm grateful for. This is what I'm going to do. And when here's the thing. Gratitude creates a certain level of uh, energy. And your energy is going to determine where you're at in your state. See, gratitude isn't an emotional experience. Gratitude is a state of being. It's a state of mind. It's saying I'm here. I can be grateful even in moments and times of turbulence and loss and everything else. I may not be grateful for the loss, but I'm grateful for opportunities that will come from what I'm going to learn from it. I can be grateful for the opportunity to be better now that I've experienced it. I can be grateful for everything that I have in front of me that I'm capable to, of controlling. What happens is when you go through loss and you start to focus on the loss, loss you don't control. 
Somebody passes away. Somebody takes something. Somebody crashes your car. Something You don't control that. It's gone. It's nothing you can do about it. But if you focus on it, you feel it. What? Energy is an asset. And then any asset has to have a form of allocation. What are you doing with it? And see how you allocate your energy is going to determine how you feel. How you feel is going to determine how well you be, how how, how well you heal how, uh, physically, emotionally, psychologically. How well you perform. The brain literally responds to gratitude, stress anxiety all now stress anxiety jealousy anger all these different emotions that are negative and actually are damaging to your physiological existence literally when you function in jealousy envy strife uh bitterness anger frustration fear all of these things have a frequency on the hertz scale of about 250 or less but they also have a very negative impact on the body it causes the body to release cortisol into the bloodstream which attacks all the organs which down regulates your immune system all of these things are happening these signals are firing back and forth sending messages to the brain the brain is sending messages to all the cells in the body and they are responding to how you're thinking your state of mind so you literally get up and you control it here's the thing uh, God designed us to be whole. God designed us to be self-healing. Uh, the problem is that we live in a world where we hide mass symptoms. So we take stuff to hide the symptoms. We never deal with the source. And the problem is the source is still eating at us, whether it's emotional, whether it's psychological, whether it's physical. So then what? Inside of us is an innate pharmacy, a literal uh, everything we need to heal ourselves, but you have to have your immune system cranked up. In other words, there can't be any epigenetic influences that are down-regulating your immune system and up-regulating disease genes. There's a reason why certain groups of people have higher proclivities towards hypertension. Look at their experiences. Look what they've trained themselves to do. Most people that come from that, that have that problem in their family, most people who have that problem in their race are going to come from backgrounds where there were high level of stress, high levels of helplessness, high levels of an inability to really truly control and predict what would happen in the future. Hypertension. Diabetes. All these things. And yes, they can be associated with uh, dietary practices and habits. But if you study and you actually understand, the vast majority of these diseases come from stress in, in its most sim simplistic explanation, but it comes from an influence on an environment that is stressful, that then down regulates the immune system. But gratitude by its very state of mind up regulates the immune system. If you practice gratitude, literally, you can be in a place where you're not feeling well. And you, you, you know, and what happens is what do we do when we start not feeling well, we start worrying about not feeling well and we actually make ourselves feel worse and we don't understand what's going on. But if you find yourself in a place where you're not feeling well, whether it's physiological, emotionally or psychologically, start practicing gratitude. And what we found is in especially in physiological situations where your body is actually experiencing something negative if you practice gratitude simply being in a state of thankfulness a state of gratitude being able to appreciate the moment you're in and the opportunity it presents what happens if you do that for two days you increase the performance and the healthiness of your immune system by 50 percent two days 
but you live in an environment that's constantly what inducing what fear stress strife and i'll tell you a lot of it isn't just by accident so then what do you do you have to sit up and say this isn't just about how big my bank account can get through gratitude gratitude is the gateway to abundance but abundance is more than just about money money abundance is about the purity of your health abundance is about the purity of your joy abundance is about the purity of your impact um abundance is about being fully equipped in every area to live life at the highest level possible that's abundance abundance of joy abundance of love abundance of relationships abundance of financial uh fluidity abundance of impact all of these things need to be aligned and that is it but gratitude is the gateway you can't experience abundance without being grateful for where you are right now. It isn't, and it isn't about being sadistic or having some sadist mindset that I enjoy pain or I enjoy struggle. No, it's about understanding that pain is situational. It's circumstantial. It will pass. It is not. The only time pain becomes a problem is when you allow your pain to be to find the, the pain and the causality to define you and you become directly associated with your pain and your pain is then transmutated into suffering. See, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. Suffering, suffering is choosing to identify with the pain. You ever seen them? People, you know, no matter what, when you when 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 they talk to you, they come talk to you. They're talking about what happened to them. They're still talking about what happened ten years ago. They're still talking about what so and so did to them. They're still talking about what happened when they were a child. And don't get me wrong, I'm not minimizing or marginalizing what you've been through or what happened when you were a child. I literally have written books on adverse childhood experiences. I've literally lectured. I'm doing a workshop next month on that so i understand that that has a massive impact but at some point in your life you have to take control of it at some point in your life you have to sit up and say my past no longer controls my present or my future my past is not the defining mechanism of how i'm going to live my life at some point you have to set the past down and leave those people in the past set the baggage down and then decide what you're going to do and it starts with being grateful not grateful for the hardships and the and the hate uh and, and the senses and feelings of abandonment. Not 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 being grateful for everything that has happened wrong in you, but being grateful that you're still standing, being grateful that you're still breathing, being grateful that you have this unlimited potential hitting within your very DNA, that God has gifted you to do something exceptional, something extraordinary, something phenomenal in this world. That despite the past, have you ever looked at some of the stories? Where you've watched, maybe it was a movie, maybe it was a documentary, maybe it was a news story where you heard a story about a child, you know, that 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 literally went through high school homeless, living in a shelter, living in a tent, something like that. And they've got 25, 35, 100 uh, scholarships to some of these schools and they go and they graduate and they become this and they go back and they give to the community. Does it resonate? It resonates because some part of their story touches you, but they started somewhere and that's where you've got to say, where I'm at now is not where I'm going to be. Life is dynamic what does it mean it's not static it's not sitting still it's not okay this is where i landed this is where i'm going to be it's about how am i going to engage the movement in my life in a way that allows me to do this and it starts with gratitude when you get gratitude you start to sit up and understand that i'm setting the stage that i'm now able to pray and meditate i'm able and and and, and for my christian brothers and sisters i want you to get out of the religiosity 
and rigidity of your faith and move into the power of God in your faith. And I want you to understand something because we, we live in a world where we're constantly dealing with translations, interpretations, all these things. We get caught up in old wording and semantics and lose sight. You say meditation around something, they lose their mind when it's in the Bible. Uh, 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 let's look right here. I'm going to use the NSAB uh, translation, um, but you can use whatever translation you want. I, I use the NSAB, the NIV um, predominantly and sometimes to amplify. But look, check this out. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence within it, if there's anything notable or praiseworthy in it, think on these things, meditate on these things, depending on the translations. What is it saying? What you do is see, we, we, we get a tendency to where we want to chunk everything at the foot of God and say, okay, do, do it, do what I need you to do. Prayer is not a mechanism to get God to do what you were designed to do. See, you living in this world and overcoming things is one of the most powerful representations and reflections of your direct connection with God. It's not about circumventing the vicissitudes of life and the challenges of life and moving around and not running into things. It's about saying no matter what comes, I'm built for it. No matter what happens, I've got it. No matter what went wrong, I can straighten it out. There's a solution to every problem. God is the answer. You have have the mind of God to access at any moment you desire. That's called revelation. That's where prayer happens. Prayer is about revelation. Prayer is about communication. Prayer is about relationship. But what do you have to do? You still have to execute your purpose. You still have to move. I, I've said this uh, so many times, and, 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 and I started teaching it a long time ago. God is, no matter how many times you pray, no matter how many uh uh, claims and, and, and declarations you make. God is never going to deliver you from the giants. He sent you to slay. You were designed to come slay giants. It may be the giants of poverty. It may be the giants of incest. It may be the giants of uh, a lack of motivation in, 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 in pur purpose in, in, a, in a particular area, in a particular climate, in a particular geographical location, but you were sent to slay giants. God is not going to deliver you from the giants. He sent you to slay. You can give that up. You can lay that down. That's not what it's, prayer is not about that. Prayer is about revelation. Prayer is about understanding. Prayer is about communication. It's about the cultivation of the relationship. And if that's the case, you got to also say, understand prayer isn't just about you talking. How many of you listen during prayer? How many of you even know how to listen? But here's where the thing comes. We understand that there's a reason for meditation. The thing you focus on, the things you meditate on, the things you think on are the things that are going to dominate your life. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It says whatever things are noble, whatever things are pure, whatever things are good report, whatever things are desirable, whatever things are, meditate on them, focus on them, put them in. There. You've got the power. Your mind is unmatched in power. But uh, outside of knowing scripture, which is the number one and most frequent command in the Bible, the next is guard your hearts and minds in some way or form. You understand what you're thinking, what you're entertaining, what are you allowing into your gates? What are you programming your subconscious, your, your heart or cardia in Greek? What are you programming 
your subconscious do. Your subconscious will control 96% of your behavior. Are you programming your subconscious to panic? Are you programming your subconscious to be fearful? Are you programming your subconscious to focus on only the negative? Are you programming your subconscious to sit back and wait? Stop waiting on experiences in order to feel gratitude. Gratitude is about saying at this moment, I have the ability to do something exceptional, starting with the belief that it's possible. That's where you start. That's it. I believe it's possible. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to change the way I talk. I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to purposely sit down every morning. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say, I am. I, uh, first thing I'm going to do is, I say, is say, thank thank you. I am grateful for this moment. I, and, 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 and the moment is mine. I haven't picked up my phone. That's another thing. Stop grabbing that phone first thing in the morning. The moment you pick up that phone, you surrender your personal sovereignty. You, you you surrender your capacity and ability to control in setting your state of mind. Whatever you see on that phone is going to determine how you feel at that moment. And you've lost the control. Now you're going to spend the rest of your day either riding a good wave because what you saw was good or trying to overcome a negative mindset because what you saw brought you down. Stop picking up that phone. That dopamine rush you get from that phone is literally destroying your neuroreceptors and addicting you to something that cannot deliver you. I'll explain that another time, but you need to be focused on being in control. And the way you maintain your sovereignty is you set the state. Now, once you set the state, whatever you encounter comes through the lens of the state you set. If you set a state of gratitude, if you set a state of power, if you set a state of capacity to overcome, if you set a state of belief and movement, now when you come into challenges, because they're going to be there. You come into it knowing I'm built for this. You come into it knowing there's a solution to this. You come into it knowing I have not come this far to be abandoned by God. There's something that is going to come out of this. You stop allowing your circumstances to be the dictator of your uh, uh, ability to be grateful, of your ability to expect something grand and great, your ability to move and operate. You start to operate believing that not even this, whatever that this is, is going to stop me. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever you're living, you've got to stop allowing your situations to have a greater standing than your faith. Be grateful. Get in the moment. Focus. Set the state. Visualize. Use Use your ability to visualize your imagination to set the state and look at the possibilities and determine this is what I want. And then what do you have to do? You have to reject the things that move against it. Cast down arguments, bring thoughts into captivity, declare things and establish them, call things that are not as though they were. We have to be willing to take the reins of our lives and understand that there are going to be potholes, detours, delays, setbacks. It's a part of the process. And in order to have this promise that we all say we want, that's associated with our expectations for our lives and our relationship with God, whatever that relationship for you may be. You have to understand that process precedes promise. 
There can be no attainment of the process without there first being an endurance of the process. There can be no attainment of the promise without there first being an endurance of the process. Most people want to have the promise, but they don't want the process. They don't want the developmental stage. They don't want the growth stage. They don't want the empowerment stage. They just simply want. But I'm going to tell you something. If you don't go through the process, you're not going to be prepared and capable of handling and holding and sustaining the promise. You need the process. Learn how to move in the process. Learn how to stand in the process. Learn how to operate in the process. Learn how to become in the process. When I'm working with my clients, what makes me as good as I am at what I do is I'm an empath, I feel. I feel where they've been, I feel their frustrations, I feel all of it, and I'm able to pull it in and then I'm able to show them how to transmutate negative energy and turn it into positive energy. So you're not gonna stop negative things from happening, but you don't have to experience the negativity. Oh, now I've done this for in my life for a long time and didn't know it, but I was still doing it wrong. See, you know, the, the negativity of coming when somebody tells you you can't do something and you go out and you, you just driven by the pure drive that I am going to do it. You can't tell me what I'm not going to do and you go do it. That's literally, that's, that's the beginning infancy, immature stage of transmutation of energy. That's taking negative energy and motivating you. I'm talking about taking negative energy and literally transforming that energy into a positive idea, taking it and then using that energy in a positive mindset that allows you to still maintain the equilibrium and homeostasis that allows you to be healthy. Because see, being driven by anger because somebody did something to you, so you're taking that drive, it's still eating at you. You're going to do it because you're going to prove them wrong. How dare them say what you can and you cannot do or what you're capable of doing. But it's coming at a price. Learn how to take what they said and say, hey, I'm going to take this energy because energy is energy, but you can transmutate energy. Now you take it and you, you embody it with a positive mindset. You disconnect it from the negative source. You reconstruct it through your thoughts through your declarations, through your affirmations, through your expectations, and you turn that energy into a force that works for you. It's called transmutation. And I teach my clients how to do this, how to take what's coming. Everybody talks all the time about their haters. When have you ever heard me talk about mine? Man. One of the most popular scriptures in the bible is the 23rd number of psalms so i will make a table for you in the presence of what your enemies i don't see people moving against me as something negative to me that's their negativity it's my affirmation that i'm doing if i haven't done anything to wrong them And what I'm doing is something positive, something that not only uplifts me, but also empowers and helps others. And yet they're still coming from me. Then it tells me that I'm on the path I need to be on because there will be opposition. 
there's always opposition. The goal isn't to reach a point where there's no opposition. The goal is to develop an understanding that no matter how intense the opposition, I'm built for it. I don't whine, I don't cry, I don't throw temper tantrums. I allow myself to experience the emotion because I need to. So there's about a 90 second point. And you heard me talk about my 90 second rule. Where when something bad happens, I allow myself to be in that moment. I allow myself to experience that because in that is something that I'm going to transmutate. I get to the one power I have without fail is I get to translate my experiences. I get to interpret, interpret and translate my experiences. I get to determine what it means. Does it mean I'm broken? Does it mean I'm done? Does it mean I'm at the end of the road? Does it mean nothing good is ever going to happen? Or does it mean that it's one of those times where I'm about to elevate because the challenge is great? See, what I've learned is that every time that I embrace the challenge and I decide I'm, I'm about to stand up in this, I'm about to square my shoulders in this, I'm about to move through this, that great things happen on the other side of the storm. Great things happen on the other side of the struggle. You've heard me tell you over and over again about the lesson my grandfather taught me about storms. You're either going in one, you're in one or you're coming out of one. Your goal when you're in the storm, in the challenge, in the, in the difficult moment is to ensure that you come out of it a better person than the person who entered it. The storm isn't to destroy you. It's to shape you. It's to build you. Learn how to set your mind that you understand that you're in a process of development and growth, that you're going through something, that delay does not mean denial, that that that, that setbacks are a part a part for the course, that people not liking you and people talking down on you has more to do with them and their character and the things they need to deal with than it does about you. Stay true to God. Stay true to your purpose. Stay true to your desire. Stay true to your goals. Stay true to the aspiration of being and walking and becoming the person you were designed to be in this world. I win with my clients because I know something about them that when they come to me, they don't know about themselves. That there's something on the inside of them that no force in this world can stop. God planted it there. My job is to uncover it. My job is to give it meaning. My job is to give it purpose. My job is to unleash it within them and then unleash them to fulfill it. And this is what every person has a right to do in this world. No matter where you come from, and some of us come from some dark places. I did, but it didn't define me. I decided I was going to be antithetical to the reality of the past, that I was going to be something different, someone different, that despite my fallibilities, despite the fact that I wasn't perfect, I was going to do some things that helped people change their lives, that I was going to be an impact, that I was going to be a reflection of God to the world, that there is nothing in this world that can hold you back from your greatness except you. And I wake up every morning and after I set my state, I remind myself, I'm not done yet. And then I get even more excited because I'm still growing. I'm still becoming. And I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're going through, no matter what you've been through, 
Stop consulting the past and its limitations. Stop becoming anxious about the uncertainties of tomorrow. Get in this moment and decide right now I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to change my approach. I'm going to change my expectations. I'm going to become what I was designed to be. I'm going to slay the giants God sent me to slay. My family needs to see what's possible inside of faith. My community needs to see what's possible when you move on faith. This world needs to see what's possible when you refuse to allow your circumstances to dictate your state. Every last one of you deserve that. So I'm going to challenge you. Change your state. Change your approach. Create a state of gratitude daily. Real simple. I wake up every morning. I, first thing out of my mouth is thank you. Next words out of my mouth is I am grateful for this moment. I am grateful for the opportunities. And then I go through that process and I speak it, then I pray and then I meditate, then I journal. And my journal, I have a gratitude journal, I have a vision journal, and the gratitude journal is for the morning. And the gratitude journal is, I am grateful for, I am grateful. I am grateful for my unbreakable connection to God. I am grateful for my gifting and my purpose. I am grateful for my beautiful family. I am grateful for my general, my genuine friends. And I'm just, I am, I am, I am, I am. I wrote a book, number 21. I am the power of personal declaration as a man thinks. So is he. So again, I'm challenging you. Make a move, do something different. Uh, and as I said at the beginning, if you want to work with me in any way over the next couple of weeks or the next couple of months or even the next year, there are several different offers of things you can look at in there because I'm excited. I'm ready to get started. I'm ready to help people. I'm just, I'm just I wake up every morning excited because at some point of the day, I'm going to touch somebody. And, 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 and to me, that's the most beautiful thing in the world is to translate the energy of God to someone else in a way they understand it. They might not even interpret it as a God moment, but I know. But they but they walk away empowered. They walk away encouraged. They walk away inspired. They walk away hopeful. This is about that in life. However you do it is how you do it, how God gifted you to do it. But you're not meant to sit back and just wait for life to happen. So again, I encourage you, it's time to make a move. It's time to do something exceptional. It's time to do something phenomenal. You are extraordinary. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. On that note, I'm going to get out of here. Again, if you like what you see, click the uh, like button, If share button. Uh, if you haven't followed or subscribed, do that. Look, as I always say, I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I die on E. What does that mean? It means that God has given me a level of potential. And it's up to me to access, activate, and actualize 
that potential. That means that there's a certain amount of time I have to do a certain amount of things. And I don't take one second of the life that I live for granted, that I wake up and I go hard. I give my day what I have to give it. And then I go back and I go to bed and I rest and I recover and I do it again. I'm living my life. I'm not riding along, just waiting on something to happen. I'm laying it out and I'm going in and I'm touching as many lives as I can because one day I won't be here. And all I'll have to speak of me after I'm gone is the legacy I created. What are you leaving? On that note, I'm out of here. You guys have a great remainder of your day.